Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Must be the ones who start to mold a new reality. Closer to the heart. Great song. Welcome back, everybody. 1235 in Edmonton. Let's head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline over at Crypto.com Arena. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? How are you doing? Good. All right. Jack Michaels has just tweeted out, this is an expected lineup based on today's morning skate. Doesn't necessarily mean the orders won't go 11-7, and seven, but here's what the lines look like today. McDavid with Settle and Yamamoto. Arn H. with Kane and Hyman. McLeod with Archibald and Pugliarvi. Derek Ryan with Warren Fogle and Zach Cassian. Kulak and CeCe, no surprise. Keith and Bouchard, Russell and Barry, and Mike Smith. Regardless, Louie, and we'll get to the specific lines in a second, regardless of what the lines look like, the Oilers have to have a better start, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I mean, I think that's been one of the, you know, for them, um, unfortunate parts of this series is that they haven't seemed to be able to come out. I mean, in game two, it was even. I'll give them that. That was their best first period. I think of the series, I know they were up 2 nothing in game number three, although um, they were outplayed in that first period, and I think they even said that themselves. They were lucky to get out of that period up 2 nothing, but that was just opportunistic goal scoring, and you'll take it in the playoffs. But no question, I think that that's – listen, I don't think that you're going to sit here and say they win and lose in the first period, but it just sets the table. It sets the, the – the plan going forward for the rest of the game of how you want to play. It seems like they've been chasing a lot in this series, games um, three and four, sorry, two and three, where they, you know, really turned it on and scored multiple goals in each period, respectively, in the second and third period of both of those games. You just can't wait till later. So it looks like for Jay Woodcroft, as we kind of expected him to keep it loaded up on the top line with Dreisaitl and McDavid, Yes, I know they were overwhelmed in the first shift of overtime, and then into the second, they were stuck on the ice when the Kopitar line jumped on the ice and the game was over in a flash. But 
down the stretch in that third period, they were fantastic and they were dominant. And I think that's what he's thinking is that why wait till the end to wait for that and try and claw back into a game? Let's see if we can't play with the lead in this one and get out there and get off to a good start. Um, he's been very protective and not really talking too much about the starts, um, which is Jay's nature. I understand that. But from my perspective, I just think, you know, Perception is reality in this playoffs. The LA Kings have come out like gangbusters. They played better in the first period than Edmonton, and in the games in which they've won, it's been a big factor. Yeah, uh, it's been a masterclass, I think, in fairness. Like, no Drew Doughty, no Victor Arvidsson, yep. who had a very good season as a second-line winger for the Kings. Todd McClellan's done a good job getting the most out of his team. I got to tell you, uh, Louis, for me, the Oilers have played a bit like Dave Tippett's teams, which worked their way into games early. And relied on special teams. And I, I that's a bit oh. like, this, this hasn't looked like J, Jay Woodcroft. Like, Jay Woodcroft's teams did have good starts to games and had better five-on-five play. But I don't know if it's a byproduct of uh, the combination of the poor starts and the 1-3-1 that the Kings are playing. But I, I'm surprised at, at Edmonton's ability to get going early. And I'm, I'm surprised that the, the Oilers have been as obstinate as they have in simplifying what they need to do to get up the ice in order to crack this 1-3-1. I can't disagree with you. And I think, you know, and this this will play back into what I said earlier, but what Jay said, you know, people, other people have commented on it too, that the, the you know, Todd McClellan's teams, a lot of shots on net, all different angles, want to create that chaos, want to get defenses moving, want to look for loose pucks. And you say, okay, uh, you know, I heard uh, someone say the other day, well, it's just a turnover, 20% of those shots. And I said, okay, okay, 20% of those shots are turnovers. Okay, I'll buy that, even though I think that's a high number for turnovers, because you're essentially giving the puck back to the opposition. But I say, what about the other 80%? I'll even give them the 20%. What about the other 80% of the time someone gets a piece of it with a stick in the slot? Somebody gets a rebound. Somebody recovers that puck in the corner. What it does is it allows the Los Angeles Kings to come out and buzz around your offensive zone early in a game. It allows them to feel the puck. It allows them to get hits on the defenseman. It allows them to have that possession time and build their confidence early in a game. And it also puts the other team on their heels because they can't do anything about it. You're sitting there, you know, exactly what happened in the first shift of overtime. It came out just like they've come out in almost every single start to this series. And what did it do? It hemmed in a line. They were caught out there. The second line jumps on the ice. And listen, okay, puck doesn't get out. It gets knocked down. Transitional play. And Kempe makes a beautiful individual effort to walk in something. Give the guy credit. That was an amazing overtime goal. You know, I look at that and say, hey, that's what they needed to win this game. They needed someone to step up. They've been on their heels for the, at least the last 12 minutes of that third period. Even though they had the power play goal, Edmonton was pushing. And they were just trying to hold on. It gets tied, goes to overtime. That was the first time they came out with the mentality, let's get back to our game and get back in there and really pound them. And it worked. Give them credit for it. So Edmonton tonight, in my opinion, yes, I've been a little little concerned with the fact that they haven't been able to alleviate that a little quicker and just get themselves back into the offensive zone and do the exact same thing back. I'll go back to game number two. Game number two where it changed. It was 0-0 after one period. In the second period, they started to chuck pucks from different angles at Jonathan Quick. They started to throw it into his feet. When a team wants to collapse back in the defensive zone and just take everything away, they don't know where the puck's going. If you throw it into a skate or throw it into a pad. Or, you know, and, and, and what happens is, is that the forwards that are flying in there will more, more than often pick up that puck because they're facing the puck. 
the defensemen are standing there and the forwards that are back collapsing are facing facing away from their net. And I just think as much as you're trying not to make a big deal about it, I just think it's a mentality Edmonton has to have. They've been a little slow getting those shots away. They've been a little slow in getting the pucks, and I think it'll just get their feet moving earlier in games. I'm not saying throw the puck away every time, Bob, but what I am saying is they need to have a little bit more of a shot mentality and a mentality that they're going to have people going to the net looking for anything and have an urgency to win that battle. 6 nothing and 8-2 on the heels of the 4-3 loss, I think. Yeah. Rope-a-dope the Edmonton Oilers into believing this thing, we've got this thing. The Kings elevated their level of performance. The Oilers didn't Big match time. the work rate and the intensity right from the opening shift, and they got to get there in a hurry. Your thoughts on Hyman? Hyman with Arnich and uh, Keane as his potential second line tonight, Louie. I like it. I mean, it's a great line. And that's the best wingers that Nugent Hopkins has played with in a while. So, I mean, he's going to be excited to play in that game. And, you know, listen, they understand that now there's more responsibility as well. And Nugent can – I mean, he, he was until uh, a player named Dreisaitl came along and McDavid came along. He was the number one centerman. So, he's been in these positions before. This is no problem for him. Evander Kane's had a great series. Has to stay out of the box. And I think I don't mind that uh, – uh, physicality that brings intensity, but in this one tonight and for the rest of the series, he he just needs to concentrating on initiating, not retaliating. Um, for Zach Hyman, listen, he, he's naturally a left winger. I know he likes the left wing um, better than the right side, being a right-handed shot. But at the same time, he can play both. That's a big, strong line again. That's a one-two punch. And then Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod's got a big task tonight because he's going to be that third line that's going to go up against a third line for LA that has a lot of energy. So. Uh, in my opinion, he, he's up to the task to do it. Paul Yarby's certainly got to pull his weight and get activated in this game early. And I think Josh Archibald actually is a player that I've been pretty impressed with the limited time that he's played and what he's brought to the table. So he gets a chance there too. But, you know, here's the thing. I think, you know, you have Trump, <laughs> you lead him. And uh, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Who knows if this is how it's going to start. This is how they practice. I was just watching the skate before I'm talking to you. But I will say it, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it's going to go. But I think that for Jay Woodcroft, he's thinking to himself, as I would, um, why wait till the end to try and catch up? Let's see if we can't get a jump on these guys early. Okay, hypothetically, if there's an out since Broberg got recalled yesterday, and we know Nurse is suspended for a game, if Edmonton goes 11-7, which they might, which forward comes out? Fogel. You'd bring out Fogel? It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Yep. Doesn't penalty kill. He's not in the power play. Simple as that. Plays 8:38 per game. Yep. Uh, Arby potentially is a guy. It would be, it would, it would be Fogel or Arby for me. That's one, yep. one of the two. Uh, but yeah. because Pugliarvi's on that third line in the skate today, I believe it won't be him if they go 11-7. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to. Now, listen, Broberg did work in on the right side with Duncan Keith. Him and Evan Bouchard were switching off and on. Now, that could be just to get him into the rotation, or it could be a sign that they might be going 11-7. And, and listen, Warren Fogel, he's battled it. There's just no other way to say it. He's had a tough series. He's battled it. I think he's tried to be physical. He's tried to get in there and disrupt, and that's how he has to play. He's a big body. The same would be said for Pugliarvi. It's just that fine detail in the game that just doesn't seem to be there for both of them. I know Paul Yarby was coming back after a little bit of an illness, and he hasn't really settled in and found that game that we saw him in the first 15, 20 games. No question. Um, and, and I, so, but if you look at everybody else, Derek Ryan, center wing, he can play every position. Zach Cassian, physical. He can elevate up and down your lineup. He gives you good minutes. He scored a big goal. Um, 
Josh Archibald, penalty kill. I mean, he's a physical guy. He's up and down. He can play right, left. Uh, you look at Ryan McLeod. He always gets 12-plus minutes. He finds a way on the penalty kill. He gets a little power play time. He can go up and down your lineup. You're not touching the top six. Those are the only other ones that you have the option of pulling out. It just comes down to the numbers. And unfortunately for Fogel and Pugliarvi, if I was going 11-7, it would be one of those two that I Well, played. it's interesting. So here we go, Louis. So here you have, and, and full disclosure, I don't know I would have been as patient as Ken Holland was on Josh Archibald, okay? I might have just said, you know what, Josh? You can't play in Canada. You can't fly. You're not vaccinated. We're going to put you on LTIR for the year. Ken Holland didn't go down that path. He ended up getting a special exemption. The guy had 10 hits. He yeah. plays a playoff game. So, so I'm telling you what, he, it's unbelievable for his size. It really is. I mean, him and Yamamoto, because he's not that much bigger than Yamamoto. I'm serious. So you look at him and you go, wow. He goes into a corner with guys that are 50 pounds heavier than him, 40 pounds heavier than him, you know, almost six, eight inches taller sometimes. And, and you know what? He very rarely comes out of that confrontation worse off. It's, it's, it's incredible. Crazy. I just I admire guys that can do it because there's not a whole lot of them, and it's just timing, it's uh, understanding how to use your leverage and, and explode up into a hit, and the most important thing, you got to have cojones. I'm sorry. He's got him. He, he literally. He's he literally, now. He he's throws not. himself into the hit. Like when he when he commits to the hit. He's airborne. It's like, okay, here we go. I just have a belief I'm going to come out on top of this hit because once he launches himself, there's no turning back. And that's courage. That's great. All right. Well, and, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I look at McLeod, and he can really skate. He's gotten a little bit more assertive. He had a terrible first period the other night. Poli Arby uh, literally took himself right out of the game in the first shift. and had a, and, uh, he, ran and, o- he ran over his own centerman almost. Right. The best and the, hit he had in the game. And I'm sitting there looking at Jesse, and, and, and there's something there. And now I'm at the stage I've gone from come on, man, to he's got to be. There, he's he's got to be. There's got to be something more. Like he's not right coming from the lower body because he can't. He's having challenges standing. And we've got fans going. You haven't talked about dry sidle. The mouth breathers out there. You haven't talked about dry sidle. <laughs> and I'm like, figure it out, people. Hey, Face off percentage. I'm just dwindled. talking about what I'm. Hey, we're just speaking about what we see, Bob. It doesn't mean they can't turn it around in one game, one trip. Right. It doesn't mean that they can't go out there and have the best game they've had in this series and be a major impact in this game. That's right. the beauty of the playoffs. That is the beauty of the playoffs. I'm telling you, when your back's up against the wall, and I'm telling you in game um, number four, I'm um, sorry, number five, the first game in here versus L.A., they, their backs were against the wall, right? They knew it. They knew. Sorry, wait, wait, I'm getting off track here. One, two, three, four. Um, game, game four in four. LA. My, LA's backs were against it, I'll the get wall. It right. I'm getting to him. Game four. Now I know it was only two one in the series, but their perception of that was the way they got destroyed, fourteen to two in scoring in the previous two games. They lose game number four, and they're going to Edmonton. That's three chances for Edmonton to eliminate them. I'm telling you, they were playing that game like it was an elimination game. Yeah. And they wanted to win it one nothing two one, and it it was 
perfectly executed. And you have to take your hat off to that. That is a team that came together and put together. I don't think anybody saw them. And you're right. I, I agree with you in your earlier statement. I think Edmonton thought this series was done. I think the players started to feel, you know what, we've got them. We figured them out. We beat them three well, times down the stretch, <laughs> and they didn't figure them out. And you have to tip your hat to a team that does that. And they came out in game number five and did the same thing. Now, it's time for Edmonton to adjust. It's 100%. time for Edmonton to buckle up, batten down, and go out there and win one game. And that's the attitude they're going to have. Leon Dreisaitl said it, and I agree with you talking about Dreisaitl because he hasn't looked like the Leon Dreisaitl we know. Now, he wasn't a third, though. He started to move his feet. He started to get in there and obviously scored two huge goals to tie this game, late in that game. And that is the Dreisaitl we know. But there's something going on there, too. He sounded like he could barely speak after the game. And and listen, you battle so many things in the playoffs, we have no idea what these players are dealing with right now. So. We're just having discussions on what we're seeing based on their play on the ice, and that's all we can talk about. But I do know this. The, the comment that he made in his press conference after the game, somebody asked him, you know, how do you turn this around? You know, what do you have to do to get back into the series, to win that next game? And he, and he essentially said, we have no choice. That's what happens when your backs are against the wall. You do what it takes. Well, they will give their best effort tonight. I believe it. I think LA is going to have the killer instinct. I think it's going to be a great game. And you know what? What happens, happens. But I expect it to be a good one. All right, Louie. We'll let you get down and go talk to Jay. We had a quick, uh, quick uh, window in with him yesterday. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Sounds good, Bob. Take care. You bet. Uh, 12.50. And again, I believe at this stage, Pugliarvi has not fully recovered from his lower body injury. He also had COVID earlier in the year. There has to be something because when you watch the video of him now or think of him now as compared through the first 20 games, he's a different player. Dry settles face-off percentage dropped precipitously in the final five weeks of the regular season, uh, 43.1%. And my guess is, much like Messier in 1991, uh, probably, I mean, Leon's, Leon's got the puck a lot. He's a strong guy. Every guy, every guy deals with it. I'm not making excuses. You're watching the games too. You can see, and, and that too might play a factor into why he isn't sitting there and playing at center because he doesn't maybe have the same ability to carry a line at this time that he did for weeks upon weeks earlier in the uh, season, for much of the season. Uh, that's uh, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus, brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. And some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had open wednesday to sunday from 5 to 10 p.m tell brendan and chris why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. 
FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Oilers Now sent you back with the Oilers Now injury report in your text when we return and Oilers Now, it's 1252 at Edmonton. 18 goals, 34 points, 26 career games for Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers got to find a way to get going early. Uh, hey, there's an opportunity for you to participate if you're back at Edmonton as well. Of course, uh, game six night, the Oilers and the LA Kings from Crypto.com Arena. But there is the watch party, the road game watch party, which will take place at Rogers Place. Uh, gates open at 7 p.m. for the watch party with the puck drop at 8 o'clock. Now you can pack Rogers Place and make sure the team in the hockey world can hear the roar of oil country all the way uh, from L.A. and coast to coast on Hockey Day in Canada. Tickets are 5 bucks. They can be purchased at Ticketmaster.ca. Net proceeds go to the Edmonton Orders Community Foundation to support charities across oil country. And fans will have access to the amenities at Rogers Place, including food and beverage services, um, private uh, prize giveaways. Hunter the links, the Oilers Orange and Blue Crew and 50-50 tickets and much, much more. All right, there you go. Into the orders now injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers. James H. Brown, unrivaled experience, unrivaled results, unrivaled commitments. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. They give you the best results. That's what they do. Darnell Nurse is suspended. Technically, Oscar Clefbaum on LTIR the last two years. Kyle Turris on IR with an upper body challenge. The Kings, three significant absences. Well, two big ones. <laughs> Their best player, Drew Doughty, 25-54 per game out with the wrist surgery. He has traveled with the team. Victor Arvidsson out with an undisclosed injury as well. So the Oilers and the L.A. Kings do or die tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, which seems uh, 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 shocking. And Rosito in Nelson, B.C., Bob Dreisaitl's wrist must be, you know what, too bad. Bad luck this year, too, with him and Nurse and uh, Poliari. We hurt, but they've all put themselves in this situation. We'll see if they can pull it out. But unfortunately, not lots of fans have much faith, and you can't expect them to. Once bitten, uh, uh, twice shy. Try 1,000 times bitten, 2,000 times being shy uh, since becoming an Oilers fan back in 06. That one comes to us from Andresito from Nelson, B.C. We're going to talk a bit about 06 a little bit later on. I remember, oh, I'll say who it was. John Sexsmith went down for the first two games uh, and John knows hockey. First two games in San Jose won a pair of 2-1 games over the Oilers and said the Oilers have no chance to win this series. Edmonton won game three in overtime. Uh, they won a game four in this date and they ended up sweeping the Sharks in four straight games. Never say it. Now that team had some resiliency. Dwayne Rollison also stole him some games along the way. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and for Canadian Power Pack when we return from the NHL Network and ESPN. Kevin Weeks, you're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.